a meditation protocol is exercise to your mind, like a training protocol would be exercise to your body. A set of rules to roughly follow to get the desired effect. Hey, Mike Matthews here from Muscle for Life and Legion Athletics, and it is that time again. Time to talk about interesting things related to health and fitness. Specifically, this time around, we're going to be talking meditation. This is something I have been asked about a lot over the last few years, and honestly, I had put it off because while I had tried it myself and didn't really notice any benefits and so didn't want to spend the time doing it, I was reluctant to write or speak about it because I knew that it was going to require a lot of research to do it justice. And while I enjoy doing research, I have a lot of other things on my plate these days. And so this is something that kind of just sat on my list as a as something to do if I have a good 100 hours or so that I can really commit to doing the research. And basically, Curtis Frank, who is the co-founder and former lead researcher and writer of examine.com and now the director of research and development at my supplement company, Legion Athletics, beat me to it. He wanted to do it actually because it's something, again, that he has been personally interested in. And so he had fun with it and read a lot of research on it and is here to share his findings. Now, you've probably heard that meditation can do many wonderful things for your body, like reduce stress and inflammation, help you live longer, think more clearly, and so on. And you have probably wondered how true these claims are. Can something as simple as controlling your attention and focus for just a few minutes per day really have such profound benefits? And if so, what are the best and most effective ways of actually doing it? Should you do body-focused meditation? Should you do open monitoring or maybe transcendental meditation or something else altogether? Well, those are the questions that we are going to be exploring in today's episode. And as I mentioned earlier, unfortunately, there really isn't that much research available on meditation, but Curtis read through everything he could find that is relevant. And in this interview, he is going to break down his findings. I found it interesting. I think you will too. And especially if you have wondered if it's worth carving out some time every day to do some meditation, if it can actually make a difference in your life. If you've wondered that, then this episode is for you. This is where I would normally plug a sponsor to pay the bills, but I'm not big on promoting stuff that I don't personally use and believe in. So instead, I'm just going to quickly tell you about something of mine. Specifically, my newest supplement, which I'm very excited about, which is a 100% natural nootropic or brain booster called Ascend. Now, unlike many nootropics, Ascend doesn't target just one aspect of your mental capabilities at the expense of others, and it also doesn't rely on stimulants, which can produce immediately noticeable effects, but can also undermine critical brain functions and, of course, result in unwanted side effects. Instead, Ascend contains clinically effective dosages of five different nutrients that have been scientifically proven to support and enhance your focus, memory, mental speed, creativity, mood, and overall brain health. So if you want a healthier, happier, and higher performing brain that allows you to think faster, focus deeper, and feel better, 
then you want to head over to www.legionathletics.com and try Ascend today. And just to show how much I appreciate all of you podcast peeps, use the coupon code podcast at checkout and you will save 10% on your entire order. And lastly, you should also know that I have a very simple 100% money back guarantee that works like this. You either love my stuff or you get your money back, period. You don't have to return the products. You don't have to fill out forms. You don't have to jump through any other hoops or go through any other shenanigans. So you really can't lose here. Head over to www.legionathletics.com now, place your order, and see for yourself why my supplements have thousands of rave reviews all over the internet. And if for whatever reason, they're just not for you, contact us and we will give you a full refund on the spot. All righty, that is enough shameless plugging for now, at least. Let's get to the show. Mr. Curtis Frank, back again, back again. Welcome, my friend. Glad to be back. So this is, uh, I'm looking forward to this discussion because this is something I've been asked about a lot. I'd say probably it's... I don't know. I haven't looked on Google Trends. It seems like the last six months or so, maybe a year, has been the, the the meditation craze has been building. Definitely in the last six months, I've been asked more and more about it. And I hadn't done that much research. I had tried a couple of things. It didn't really seem to be for me. Like it seemed kind of like a waste of time for me. So I just kind of dismissed it and uh, was essentially putting off doing what you did because I knew that it was going to be a pain in the ass and I have too many things to do. So I'm glad that you're going to do my job for me. To the best of my abilities, at least. Like it's a pain in the ass on my end as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but see, I can just like let somebody else have the pain in their ass. And so that makes me happy. Yeah, and like it is my job to have ass pains <laughs> in an that's, academic that's in, the, that's in the job description. So brain hemorrhoids. <laughs> All right. So we were talking about meditation and Curtis, um, he, he put up an article over at the blog over on legionathletics.com. Really well, well researched, very informative. And so I asked if he would come on the podcast to explain what is uh, essentially in the article, but also there's some other interesting tangents that didn't make it into the article and and little rabbit holes we can go down. And so we're going to kind of start at the top here and assume that you, Mr. or Mrs. Listener, pretty much don't know anything about meditation. You've heard of it. Maybe it means what, sitting there and, you know, reciting mantras to yourself or, or not, or just breathing or whatever. That's, I think, where we should start, Curtis, is when people say, you know, that meditation is good for you, what do they even mean? What is meditation? Okay, so meditation, it's something you can define in multiple ways, most because meditation does have a large historical background and links to religion, different sort of habits and trials all over the world. But basically, when it comes to the purpose of enhancing some aspect of cognition, meditation seems to be like its technical definition is a discourse intended to express its author's reflections or to guide others in contemplation. And if you're like me, that doesn't help at all in understanding what meditation is. Yeah. So that sounds like uh, talking about stuff that you think about or help someone else think about things. (laughs) First time I read that definition, I thought, so just reflecting on your day in the shower, would that be considered meditation? Like according to the definition it is, but the technical definition and the practice of meditation are different these days. When we tend to think about meditation, we tend to think about how, well, take a few steps back. I just want to preface that our mind exists. As long as it exists, it does things. Similar to how our bodies exist, like we can just move our hands around right now. Just because we're moving our hands around does not mean that our bodies are getting stronger. It doesn't mean they're getting weaker. They just kind of are. 
But when we go exercise, we are putting a significant eustress on our body that in hopes that it will get stronger because of that. And what we refer to as meditation these days are a collection of practices that could be seen as sort of targeted exercise towards the mind. You focus your mind in a certain way in hopes that through this focus, your mind gets a beneficial trait added to it, or you just train an aspect cognition better. To sum it all up, when you hear about meditation these days, it's kind of like a meditation protocol is exercise to your mind, like a training protocol would be exercise to your body. A set of rules to roughly follow to get the desired effect. Interesting. And there are a few types of meditation, right? There's probably a lot more in like ancient texts that I have not even tried to read at this point in time. I need to like actually learn more languages for that. But in research, it tends to focus on three different types of meditation. Focus-based, open monitoring, and transcendental, which sounds amazingly fancy. Focused attention is you have a cue or something you focus on, and you focus on that one cue for a long period of time. If you utilize your brain in such a manner to focus on one thing for like 30 minutes, your brain will tend to adapt in ways that improve attention and focus capacities. So for anyone who has ADHD, these focus-based meditations may be up your alley. Open monitoring is sort of related. You have a cue, something to focus on, but it's more general. And you focus on this general thing, but the specific topic you're focused, as long as it's within that thing, changes. The best example of this is a book or mantra or something. You're focusing on a chant, but the words you say change. Whereas, whereas in the first one, it might be like a breathing exercise. You're just focusing on one thing. Yeah, like you just focus on your diaphragm going in, out, then back in, out, and in for like 30 minutes. And the open monitoring, the one where your specific focus does like flow like a river, if we're going to get into analogies, that's the one that tends to focus more on micromanagement and memory formation. Because you have to keep some things in the back of your mind as you're focusing on other things but it's still sustained focus. The last one, transcendental, it just avoids all cues. The first one was focusing on one thing. The other one was sustaining focus on multiple things. Transcendental is no cues whatsoever. Hmm. So just allowing your mind to go wherever it goes? Uh, not necessarily, because if your mind is going wherever it goes, you will find that your mind instinctively looks out and seeks a cue sure. to then build upon if you've ever uh, like heard a meditation where there's like people just like crossing their legs going um for like 30 minutes straight that's transcendental because the best way to practice transcendental is to get a meaningless term that serves as sort of white noise for your brain and you just do this for a while and benefits happen i guess like i've never been to a transcendental meditation session in person so it's limited what i can say on it but it's basically using meaningless nothing in white noise to avoid all cues. That's its own form of meditation. Okay. So what does the literature have to say in terms of benefits and effectiveness? Well, I do have to clarify. When I said body-focused attention, that's actually a subset of focused attention. Oh, okay. Because focused attention is you just focus on one thing for a long period of time. Like if there's a religious devout follower in a church just focusing on like a statue of Mary for 30 minutes, that's technically focused attention. But when you're telling people to practice it, 
generally speaking, the easiest way for them to get an introduction to it is focusing on their body, focusing on their breathing or focusing on a specific muscle group. Why isn't uh, just sitting there and watching TV beneficial then? Because <laughs> that's just focusing on a bunch of pictures and sounds that come at you. Why is, yeah. isn't, that, isn't that, wouldn't that be kind of like an open monitoring type of thing? Uh, technically speaking, yes, because like you're focusing on the TV, but there's multiple cues passing. But at the same time, it's not interactive in any way. So when it comes to meditation, you need to be the one doing meditation. You need to be the one breathing. You need to be the one voluntarily going through things. To watch TV is kind of like someone reading the book to you. Sure, the information is going through your head, but you're not going out and seeking that information, if that makes sense. Sure. And so so in, the, in that way, then reading a book might be more beneficial for your attention than listening to an audiobook. book? Uh, correct. And I think that's actually one of the main reasons why parents are told to read to their kids and encourage reading rather than having them focus on TV, because one of them is passive and the other is active. But what about what about reading yourself versus listening? Reading yourself would be the active thing sure. because you're the one like opening the book. You're the one moving your eyes. Would would be would be the more meditative experience, I guess. To be honest, it'd probably be chanting because you're using your like you're using your body and your voice to say the words. Yeah. And in a way, conversations can also happen this. If you're able to focus on one particular topic like we are right now for a prolonged period of time, but the specific thing that we're mentioning is flowing, that could potentially be an open monitoring situation. But I haven't looked at the specific literature on how just conversations fall under the meditation umbrella term. Yeah, it makes me think of um, what's – I can't pronounce his last name. Chiksamixaheli uh, flow um, and the different types of flow experiences that you can have. And you can have flow experiences – in interactions with other people. And that's one of the examples given is you can reach that state, it seems, in just uh, speaking with, with someone. Yeah, but whenever I hear words like flow, it's sort of weird because I come from a really scientific background. And whenever I hear these vague terminologies that are like broken down, digestible tidbits for the reader, if I'm not the person who made those digestible tidbits, it's hard for me to understand that's actually a reason why meditation research is so hard because there are so many different nonsensical words thrown around. Yeah. 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 No, I know that, um, his work, his work is in hard science, of course, it's very much a soft science, but I think uh, if you, have you read the book? I have not. Oh, you might like it actually. I think that there's definitely something to be said for, um, the research that he has done. I don't think he's completely incorrect. Yeah. Yeah. I'll probably read the book in uh, the next few weeks. Just because I'm going to be looking to meditation over the course of the next two years, it does seem to have a lot of benefits that I need to look into more. Exercise for your brain. Come on. It has to be good. <laughs> so let's let's just segue back into those benefits then. So on the, on the focused attention, uh, what did you find in your scouring? Uh, for the most part, if you are bad at focusing on one particular thing, like ADHD or ADD like symptoms and your mind always wanders, this can help with those symptoms. Well, what does that mean practically for somebody listening? So, cause let's say somebody's like, Oh no, I don't, I don't have ADHD. I'm not, I'm not, that's not me. Um, but how might you self-diagnose, um, what, what are maybe a couple examples? Like if this happens when you try to do this, or if you can't do this, we don't need to label anybody, anything who really cares, but it's more just the point of like, you could stand to improve your ability to focus. So there are some things that you focus on 
that are rewarding when you focus on them. A video game, for example. And there are some things that when you focus on them, there is no inherent reward. Like, you know, just reading a scientific study. It, you need to do it every now and then, but there's no inherent reward in focusing on it. If you truly want to focus on something for 20 minutes that in and of itself doesn't have an inherent reward, and you can't because your mind wanders, then you need to focus on your focus. But if you are able to just put things aside and focus on one thing for 20 minutes with no distractions bothering you, then your focus is pretty good. Cool. I like that. So then getting back to um, some of the benefits then that you've documented in the literature on focus attention exercises, then maybe a couple examples of the exercises that produce those benefits. I didn't get too, too much into the exercises because for the most part, breathing exercises are what people uh, talk about most. And Tai Chi was also researched a lot because it's a set of motions that you do and you have to focus on your body, which is the best cue for beginners getting to focus attention, their own physical bodies. And of course, it could help with the mind-muscle connection, but I couldn't find any literature on that. I don't even know how literature would prove a mind-muscle connection. I mean, if you're a if you're a fitness marketer, you just make fake citations, then you get a bunch of bodybuilders to start doing Tai Chi. Yeah, pretty much, which would be honestly a hilarious visual. <laughs> <laughs> we could it could be done. It could be done. Oh yeah, definitely. Like there's even that uh, photo shoot of a bunch of Mr. Olympia contenders just farming in China. They just have like little baskets. They're just picking up all these cabbages, carrying them. And I didn't the, I didn't see that. Oh, it was hilarious because you have these like six foot five just beefcakes getting outlifted by the grandma who lives at the farm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm Googling right now. Uh, bodybuilder cabbages, maybe. Okay, let's uh, let's let's keep it going and I'll see if I can find it because that sounds hilarious. But yeah, so open monitoring. I mentioned the benefits briefly earlier, how it's memory and micromanagement based. But I didn't specify that for transcendental meditation, the benefits are related to reducing anxiety and trauma-related disorders. I don't think we uh, got to the benefits of focused. We, we were talking about Tai Chi and then... Oh, it's mostly just attention. Okay. So it is just mostly being able to control your attention better. That's the major benefit. There are probably some other benefits because like the three different types of meditation activate three different generalized brain regions. So there's probably some sort of other benefits that could come from it. But again, I just, I read probably like 50 to 100 studies on meditation. And that is just, I'm not even through the frosting here. There's just so much literature on meditation. And a lot of it is really poorly written. So it takes time to parse through. Not surprising. But for the most part, and just again, like sum everything up really quickly, focused attention. Focusing on one cue and just that helps develop focus-based skills. Open monitoring, focusing on in general, but shifting your focus from one thing to the next improves working memory and micromanagement. Transcendental, avoiding all cues and just trying to white noise your mind improves stress, anxiety, and trauma symptoms. And that's not conclusive, but that's the general gist of the three types of meditation. Hmm, Interesting. Hey, quickly, before we carry on, if you are liking my podcast, would you please help spread the word about it? Because no amount of marketing or advertising gimmicks can match the power of word of mouth. So if you are enjoying this episode and you think of someone else who might enjoy it as well, 
please do tell them about it. It really helps me. And if you are going to post about it on social media, definitely tag me so I can say thank you. You can find me on Instagram at Muscle for Life Fitness, Twitter at Muscle for Life, and Facebook at Muscle for Life Fitness. And then, so if somebody's listening, like, okay, so then which one's for me? And are there any other examples of things that can be done that, you know, maybe make, uh, sure, like take, take, you could do breathing exercises or you could do Tai Chi or you could do, um, I guess it would be mantra related stuff or just the cueless white noise. But uh, how would they determine like, which one should I try? And how exactly should I go about it? Do I have options? Or should I just, you know, is it kind of like if this thing doesn't really work for you in this one way? It's not for me. Uh, truth be told, I do not think I have the expertise to say that right now. I would probably just take what we're hearing in this, you know, discussion we're having right now. And just keep an open mind to meditation. And there will be a certain point in the future where you think, well, I need this particular benefit. Maybe I just want to be better at micromanaging things. So you think of the open monitoring and then talk to a meditation practitioner, see what they say. Or you do your own research and just realize the general concept of open monitoring, focusing on one general thing, sustaining that focus, but shifting your attention throughout applies to many things in life. Because again, the meditations that we have right now are pretty much cheat sheets to do a certain thing with your mind, but you don't need to do them as long as your mind gets the benefit. Yeah. And any downsides that you came across with, with any of them, any potential downsides? No, I'm uncertain about transcendental because I just don't truly understand the, what the hell's going on in your mind when it comes to transcendental meditation. When it comes to the two focus types, there's really no downside because you're not forcing your brain to do anything against its will. Yeah, You're not like putting any like foreign compounds into your body. You're not punching yourself in the head or anything. You're just doing something with your mind. And as long as you have the ability to do that, eventually your brain will just curtail it. Like If you were going to hurt yourself with focus-based attention, your brain will prevent that hurt by making you lose focus. Makes sense. So yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, safety switches or whatever just sure. a lot of ways that your body will make sure that the mere act of thinking is not going to hurt you sure sure that makes sense what about brain training apps that's anything it seems like uh, just brain stuff is very hot right now nootropics are hot brain foods are hot it's just it's definitely a trend and so of course then brain training apps these games that are supposed to i i actually haven't looked into them because not really interested myself but i know what are the common marketing claims improve your memory particularly your working memory I don't know if they say raise IQ. That'd be not surprising. It is mar marketing in any in any space gets shady. But the idea is that it's just gonna it's gonna make your mind sharper, work faster, and just make you better. Yeah, that's open monitoring because you're focusing on the game as a major thing, but you're micromanaging things within the game. Furthermore, when it comes to brain training apps, they don't even. It's not like a video game in that sense, but they're actually putting in cognitive tests that are best at training your mind in particular aspects. So it's a combination of the whole meditative state, but also just general testing. So brain training apps are. I like them to be honest. Which one, which ones have you used that you like? I haven't uh, personally used them. I like the concept oh, okay. of them because a lot of times when you tell someone to focus, they're just going to get bored. But if you make it fun in a certain way. They're going to be enticed to do it. 
it's kind of like the same difference between going to the gym and powerlifting when you hate lifting or going to the gym when you absolutely love lifting. You're going to do it a lot more in the second case. Yeah, or or even the difference between exercise and training, right? It's more fun to go in there with a goal and, and know that you have a structured system that you're working with and as opposed to just going there to kind of, you know, move your, your limbs and burn some calories. Yeah, and like even like if we're going on the exercise analogy route, I like powerlifting because I just like lifting heavy shit for like three to five reps. I don't like CrossFit. It's just not something that I like doing. I don't like, you know, flailing around like a dead fish on land. Or or on a bar. Come on. You can you can do kip ups. Oh yeah, kip and it just reminds me of like that first pull of a fish out of water, a nice <laughs> kip. <laughs> But yeah, like because I don't like doing that stuff, I'm not going to instinctively give it my all. So when you put meditation, some that many people may not want into a fun and inviting system, it's going to make people want to do it. So they basically want to make themselves smarter, both instinctually and practically. And that's a great combo. Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, a lot of different types of video games would be that open monitoring type of experience, obviously. But you were talking about when we were talking, when we were just going over what we wanted to discuss, you had mentioned something I, I had never heard of bullet hell games, this bullet hell genre. Oh, I love them so much. They're my favorite genre of games. A visual would definitely work best. So, anyone listening, like if you put bullet hell into Google Images, you're probably going to see what looks like rectangles and a bunch of shiny fluorescent things in the rectangle the general concept of bullet hell games is there's you at the bottom of the screen and you die in one hit there's your enemy who you have to hit for like a minute straight it's just unfair and you shoot like one projectile per second your enemy shoots about i don't know five thousand projectiles a second so it's very visually straining But at the same time, there are so many bullets on the screen that they're usually in patterns. So you have to look at the screen, see every individual projectile, and then you have to focus on pattern recognition and able to put them into groups and see how they move, predict where they move. It's a type of video game that is also a cognitive test. And if you play any of these games, you will find that after about 20 minutes, your brain feels absolutely fried. And the first day after you play these games, you sleep very well and you actually like, see the bullets in your sleep. I know a lot of people get this when they play Tetris for the first time. Yeah, the, the Tetris effect, right? Yeah, like that comes from any cognitively yet visually straining task and is best exemplified in video games. But basically, I played these games all throughout university and it actually really helped with my micromanagement, pattern recognition and sustained focus. The game I played in particular, uh, it's called Toho. It's like a Japanese game, but like literally a run lasted for about 30 minutes and you had to remember patterns. You had to remember where the bullets were coming from. You had to be able to avoid things on cue, very visually straining. And I could definitely say it was like a brain training app for me. And and so that carried over in what ways? Because like, OK, sustained focus, that's pretty obvious how that can carry over into real life. I, yeah. But but how, how does the, the micromanagement and pattern recognition, how did you notice that in the, your day-to-day life outside of the game? Like, why is that even practical or, or why does that matter? Whenever I was researching anything related to cellular structures or cytology, I would research like five different topics, and then my brain would instinctively group them together based on similarities. And beforehand, I had to actively do this. I mm. had to basically say, here's one, here's another, how do they relate? 
But as I was reading, because I was so used to pattern recognition, it just became significantly easier for me to connect the dots, basically. That's cool. Do you feel like those benefits have sustained? I mean, do you still play these games? Uh, I don't play them as much these days, but the benefits do sustain themselves as long as I do something that uh, pokes at it. Yeah, sure. As long as you keep researching. You don't have to, you you could stop playing the games, but as long as you keep uh, doing something that requires that. Yeah, it's kind of like to use an exercise analogy because they're the easiest to just understand. If you spend like four years of your life getting a 400 pound bench press and like you go to the gym each and every day to get that 400 pound bench press, then if you go to the gym like once a week for the next decade, you could probably get that 400 pound bench press back pretty rapidly. Yeah. Like once the benefits are there, as long as you just do a little bit of teasing every now and then and just remind yourself that the benefits are there, then they will for the most part stay. And and what are your thoughts on, um, let's say reading, for example, could reading be considered a meditative exercise, like an open monitoring type if you are really focused on what you are reading and not thinking about anything else? Do you think you could get similar benefits from uh, that or even even exercise to some degree where you spend a lot of your time? I, I mean, I. I'd say in in my workouts, a lot of my time is definitely more body focused, right? It's focused attention, even if you're just focusing on uh, executing the lift or if it's more of an accessory exercise, maybe you're just focusing on the muscle and trying to, you know, feel the muscle contract and so forth. I'm uncertain if you're like on the exercise, at least I'm uncertain if you can apply to weightlifting specifically, but at the same time, when you're jogging, uh, there is evidence that like when you're jogging, you're trying to seek out a rhythm, seek out a tune, and then eventually you hit that zone state. Mm-hmm. That could very well be focused meditation. And you could argue that those benefits and meditative benefits are kind of related. But I'm uncertain if weightlifting would qualify unless like you just had some like out of body religious experience because you squatted so much like there's always a possibility that it could happen transcendental squatting bro yeah you just like squat to the next plane of existence <laughs> you squat your astral body out <laughs> uh that's a big hip drive <laughs> um so what about reading that's a tough one because like i'm not too much of a i wasn't too much of a reader in my childhood but I do know that like reading is recommended for kids because it's the whole active form of learning. Yeah. But at the same time, maybe, to be honest, I've never been pulled into a book. But when people speak of being pulled into a book, they speak of something very similar to uh, that jogging zone or the author they mentioned earlier talking about uh, flow states. Mm-hmm. It sounds very similar. Mm-hmm. So there could potentially be some meditative benefits there, but I do not know enough on the topic of reading to explain why. Mm. I, I guess, I mean, again, going back to Chicksmixaheli, how you pronounce his last name, going back to that uh, book, I think that you, I mean, take work, for example, if you, you can definitely get into that, at least that flow state and work where you lose track of time, you're 100% focused on what you're doing. So, you know, I think of that as well. And that is, I guess, one of the things I personally enjoy about work is when you get to that point, when you have no distractions and you're 100% concentrated on what you're doing and, you know, time feels like it starts moving quickly and so forth. There's so many things on meditation that I just do not know yet. And I probably haven't even given too many answers in this uh, conversation. 
But at the very least, if I can make you want to seek out meditation as a listener, I win. <laughs> well, it, it's a competition now. I win. <laughs> well, I mean, to summarize, even some of the stuff that you uh, put in the article. So it's like if you are looking to improve balance and physical performance, then maybe some body focused or single target attentive meditation would make sense. If you want to improve memory, open monitoring or mindfulness could help. Um, if you want to improve handling social situations, you had written that open monitoring mon- mindfulness seems to be the one to go with there. And there are a few others if you if you want to share, you know, any other thoughts on them. Like obviously, obviously, improving intention is is the the open monitoring is probably the way to go there. And then you had mentioned here reducing trauma, anxiety, or PTSD. There's some evidence that transcendental can help with that. Yeah, and general stress and otherwise healthy people as well. Mm. Like the whole relaxing yourself, uh, relax, reduce anxiety, reduce trauma, just being better able to cope with things, that's all transcendental. Mm. And I have to defer to like some actual meditation practitioner for that one because I have no idea where to begin in recommending people do transcendental. Oh, I should also mention uh, a lot of listeners may find this interesting. When we speak of the benefits of transcendental, there is a lot of similarity between the benefits of hallucinogens. And it is thought that transcendental meditation and hallucinogens act on similar functions in the brain. So it's the hallucinogens or the shortcut, possibly. Potentially, because hallucinogens themselves reduce stress, significantly reduce uh, instances of trauma, and then would just increase overall well-being, if not abused, obviously. But it seems that transcendental meditation is like the exercise for these particular benefits, whereas hallucinogens are the steroids to this benefit. And I don't really know what that benefit is, like the actual function in the brain that these links these two. Still don't know, but they're definitely linked in some way. Yeah, and you have both in the case of meditation and hallucinogenic drugs, you have the people that, you know, the religious experience that people report in both cases. So there's, it would make sense that there's something similar going on. Yeah. Actually, there's one, like one last thing that I was just, when I lost focus about two minutes back, it was because I was doing this. I was just trying to think of a way to do like open monitoring your body. Mm. And like what I was doing, uh, cause just like raise your hand for a second. Like, you know how your hand's there, but you don't really feel anything inside your hand. If you tense it up so that you're like hypersensitive to every like bone and joint in your hand, get that to a point where you're holding it for like a minute or so, and then try to roll that into a forearm flex, then up into the arm, then into the back. Like try to like roll a flex throughout your entire body. Mm. I've been doing that for the past few days and it's kind of helping my mind muscle connection a bit. I'm hypersensitive with my hands right now. It's like freaky. <laughs> quick, quick, do something fun with your hands now. Not that. <laughs> I, I gave a thumbs up, but at the same time, like no one can prove it. <laughs> uh, that makes me think of, uh, fuck, where did I hear it? It's something I think is when I was researching for an article on sleep. Um, there may be a fancy, a fancy name for it, but basically it's where, it, it, I guess it's an open monitoring type of uh, – I get, yeah, I guess or that or it's a shifting nah, be, I guess be open monitoring where like you you start by re- focusing intently on like your big toe and then you move 
to, and you do that for, I don't know, 20 seconds. I mean, then you move to your little toe or move to your next big, you know, the big toe on your other foot. I don't remember exactly. That's probably exactly what I'm uh, trying to do right yeah. now. It's and a process and apparently that- it helps insomniacs if uh, it has helped in some, some, some people who have trouble falling asleep in particular. I um, mean, you just kind of move up your body until you are unconscious. Uh, that I know it's safe, but it sounds dangerous when you phrase it like that. <laughs> Yeah, just keep on going towards your head until you pass out. It's safe, I swear. Well, you know, you're supposed to be you're supposed to be ready ready <laughs> yeah. to go unconscious, but <laughs> so yeah. so do just try yeah. it when you're driving, basically. Oh, totally. Focus on the big toe, accidentally hit the clutch. <laughs> uh, okay, great. Well, um, yeah, I think that that's pretty much everything we had on our outline. So peoples who are listening, if you want to read about this and check out some of the research that Curtis has read and 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 cited uh, all over the all over the article head over to legionathletics.com and if you search for meditation you may find it in the in the top of the blog feed but by the time you get there you may not it may have been pushed down by many other great great articles so just search for meditation and it'll come up and you can also find a lot of other curtis's a lot of other uh, of curtis's musings and and researchings on the blog so if you look at look at the blog feed and you'll find some of his stuff in there if you click on his name then you can see everything he has written and a lot a lot of good things there and a lot of uh quirky humor you're a quirky man and it makes it fun yeah, I was about to say, I don't know if that's good or bad. No, it's good. That's not a left-handed compliment. I personally find it hilarious because I grew up on the internet, so I appreciate things that are just that are just oddball. So, you know, now now for the people listening, we have a game where I've challenged Curtis to make his openings as strange as possible, where, where you come in thinking you're about to read about one thing, and then three lines in, you're like, what the fuck am I actually reading? What, what is this? <laughs> It's like a high school creative writing class. <laughs> uh, but but so Curtis is getting more and more creative with his with his intros, which is great because, you know, when it comes to blog writing, actually, your your job is to get them to read the first line. And the first line's job is to get them to read the second line. And so if you can work in uh, some off the wall shenanigans in the beginning of articles, you're going to keep people reading. At this point, there are probably some listeners who go, eh, whatever, meditation, big whoop and all that. So I found one study that I just find incredible because it just found 16 long-term practitioners of transcendental meditation. Like these are the guys who for 16 years sat in a dark room going om for a while. And this study basically, I think it's, yes, fMRI. Put them in fMRI machine and said, do some meditation. Each one of them was able to at will redirect blood flow to their prefrontal cortex. They redirected their own brain's blood flow at will. Wow, that, that makes me think of uh, Wim Hof and some of the weird shit he can do. Yeah, like that's what meditation could potentially do. I don't know how it's doing this, but it is. And we have fMRI data to prove it. So all you have to do is like 20 years of chanting for who knows how many hours a day. So just get on that. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> but I mean, if, if these benefits apply to like video gaming, then I'm already a god. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say you're a generous god, though? Oh, god, no. <laughs> <laughs> Can make you rich beyond your wildest dreams. Uh, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the god of pyramid schemes. <laughs> oh, good. My pyramid schemes. I mean, it is the supplement industry, so that is at first yeah. at first glance, that's kind of like the prima facie uh, evidence, right? 
the what fMRIs yeah. or pyramid no, schemes? Pyramid, <laughs> pyramid schemes. Like oh you oh you work in the supplement space. Oh so you scam people. Well it's a fair assumption, but yeah, it is a fair yeah, assumption, which sucks. Yeah, no shit. But actually, no. And let me provide a, an overwhelming amount of evidence to prove otherwise, because that's what it takes. And like, oh, I remember I was talking with somebody who, like, their family, so I can diss them despite technically them also being customer. Uh, but they wanted a vegetable supplement. So I gave them Genesis. And they're like, I want five grams of spirulina. I'm like, here you go, five grams of spirulina. They're like, great. They have it. Ew, it tastes like spirulina. Yeah. Yes, yes that's right. That's the point. There's like, but I want something that doesn't taste like spirulina. That's, you're, you're not going to get spirulina then. But can I have that? Well, I mean, you, you can. No. It might just have like five milligrams, but you know. Yeah, like it actually may be kind of bitter. Like, they, they, need to, they need to try the bad. acai berry because uh, the, the new flavor. They'll like that. That's actually a big. That's actually a big. Oh, there's hit. a new flavor. Yeah, yeah, we released a new flavor. Yeah, okay. acai berry. People love it. Like it's. Okay, it basically has just in, it just instantly doubled Genesis sales. Like it, flavors oh, are geez. a magical mystery. It actually makes no sense. Adding flavors just means you sell more stuff. It doesn't mean that you cannibalize sales. At some point, you, you have to, I guess, but we have not reached that point with any of our products. It really just seems like, uh, yeah, more flavors equals more money. So as long as it tastes yeah. good. Like that's the downside of buying like, I think it was eight things of Genesis at once. Like I, I'm still going through them. So I won't have the acai flavor for a while. Unless I want to waste it, which I don't. So well, you are you are, you are entitled to whatever you want, man. So well, we can we can yeah. we can send you some acai berry. Send me the entire warehouse. <laughs> don't careful what you, what you wish for. That's uh, that's a lot. Of, I just might get that's, it. That's, just that's get a lot it. of things, man. All right, now now we have officially degenerated into into just uh, mumble fuckery. Nonsensical <laughs> rambling. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll cut it off here. But yes, I hope everybody enjoyed the talk. And um, Curtis will be back for something else. We don't know what yet, but we'll figure out something fun to chat about. Hey there, it is Mike again. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found it interesting and helpful. And if you did and don't mind doing me a favor and want to help me make this the most popular health and fitness podcast on the internet, then please leave a quick review of it on iTunes or wherever you're listening from. This not only convinces people that they should check the show out, it also increases its search visibility and thus helps more people find their way to me and learn how to build their best bodies ever too. And of course, if you want to be notified when the next episode goes live, then just subscribe to the podcast and you won't miss out on any of the new goodies. Lastly, if you didn't like something about the show, then definitely shoot me an email at mike at muscleforlife.com and share your thoughts on how you think it could be better. I read everything myself and I'm always looking for constructive feedback, so please do reach out. All right, that's it. Thanks again for listening to this episode and I hope to hear from you soon. And lastly, this episode is brought to you by me. <laughs> Seriously though, I'm not big on promoting stuff that I don't personally use and believe in. So instead, I'm going to just quickly tell you about something of mine. Specifically, my newest supplement, which I'm very excited about, which is a 100% natural nootropic or brain booster called Ascend. 
Now, unlike many nootropics, Ascend doesn't target just one aspect of your mental capabilities at the expense of others. And it also doesn't rely on stimulants, which can produce immediately noticeable effects, but can also undermine critical brain functions and of course result in unwanted side effects. Instead, Ascend contains clinically effective dosages of five different nutrients that have been scientifically proven to support and enhance your focus, memory, mental speed, creativity, mood, and overall brain health. So if you want a healthier, happier, and higher performing brain that allows you to think faster, focus deeper, and feel better, then you want to head over to www.legionathletics.com and try Ascend today. And just to show how much I appreciate all of you podcast peeps, use the coupon code podcast at checkout and you will save 10% on your entire order. And lastly, you should also know that I have a very simple 100% money back guarantee that works like this. You either love my stuff or you get your money back, period. You don't have to return the products. You don't have to fill out forms. You don't have to jump through any other hoops or go through any other shenanigans. So you really can't lose here. Head over to www.legionathletics.com now, place your order and see for yourself why my supplements have thousands of rave reviews all over the internet. And if for whatever reason, they're just not for you, contact us and we will give you a full refund on the spot.